G'day guys, thanks for joining me for this episode of the Clutch Time podcast, the very first episode uh, brought to you by Fantasy Basketball International. I'm Adam King, you can find me on Twitter at AdamKing91 and you can go over and check out all of our content uh, at the website www.fbi-basketball.com. Uh, it's Tuesday, September 6 uh, and on today's episode we're going to be hosting a live mock draft. Uh, it's going to be a nine category head-to-head -head format, uh, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I will check with, with B-Dub. So join me on today's show is B-Dub. Uh, I don't know, have you, but you've been on a podcast before with Josh probably. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. But your FBI debut, there you go. <laughs> there you go. It is my FBI debut. I'm very glad to be joining you today, Adam. And indeed it is a nine category head-to-head 12-team mock draft today. It is, yeah. And, and we, we decided to do a draft only with a an entry fee. I'm pretty sure we went with the entry fee, just a, a $5 entry fee. I think putting any amount of money makes people a little bit more committed to making proper picks. And so they're, what, we're, what we're drafting here and, and the picks that are made should be pretty reflective of what the market's doing at the moment. Um, given it, sometimes in a mock, people will just pick... Uh, take a bit of a flyer that they might not in a in an actual draft. So I think that was a good idea, putting a a small uh, small monetary amount. Uh, so you should have the draft room ready to go. I understand it is ready to go. Uh, we have to the draft will not begin unless it's on an interval of five minutes, and we just clicked over past thirty five past. So we're going to have a five minute okay. delay uh, until. It begins, but when it does begin, I'll just run through the settings very quickly. Uh, it's one minute picks, um, so yeah, please don't let your uh, your countdown timer time out. We did start a little later than expected, so um, try and keep your picks crisp. Uh, but if you do need to use a whole minute, probably will be me. All good. Um, and uh, yeah, 12 teams, 14 players per team. So we all kind of have a, an equal amount of picks and the, uh, the snake isn't as uh, advantageous to some versus others. Uh, and it's just your the standard FBI draft only settings uh, as well. Yeah, no, look, this is good. So I'm not actually going to be in this draft. Um, I, I could have jumped in it, but honestly, Doing a doing a draft and and sort of hosting a, a pod is is tricky. I know it can be done, and, and I have been on a pod with Josh before and, and done both, but I just couldn't be bothered, honestly. So um, I did a mock draft this morning uh, with a few analysts uh, and some some listeners as well. Uh, I think so. If we've got what have we got? Three or four minutes. So I might just go through my picks that I made in in that draft. Um, yeah, I did. Oh, I don't think anything's been posted on, on Twitter yet in terms of the results. Um, so it was a standard nine cat head to head as well uh, with 14, yeah, 14 teams. So it went, went deep. It was 14 uh, roster spots, 14. So I think it's almost 200, uh, 200 deep. Uh, I had pick four again. Pick four is becoming really frustrating. I think I've had pick four in every single draft I've done so far. So I'm getting pretty good at knowing which players are going to be available to me uh, when my pick comes around. Uh, so I had been going with Luka Doncic 
previously at pick four, uh, but he actually went at pick three in this draft. Um, and so I decided, and, and I probably wasn't going to go with him anyway. I was going to mix it up a bit. So I actually went with James Harden uh, at pick pick four, maybe a little oh. bit early, um, but I'm okay with, with taking him there. Uh, I think he's going to have a really good season uh, this year. And, and as we've seen with a lot of the drafts, I think between about pick, well, even from pick two through to about pick eight or nine, really the players are interchangeable. So uh, in this draft, uh, I took Harden at four, Kevin Durant went at five, Joel Embiid at six, LaMelo Ball at seven, Carl uh, anthony Towns at eight, Steph Curry at nine, Tyrese Halliburton at 10, Jason Tatum at 11, Damian Lillard at 12, Trey Young at 13, and LeBron James at 14. So for me, I mean, really from about... Giannis, who went at two, he seems to be going at two in most drafts at the moment, I think. Beyond him, from Doncic all the way through to Lillard, maybe, but Tatum, you could make a case for those guys to, to sort of go at three or four. So, um, yeah, it is wide open. I would love to be drafting uh, at sort of pick 10. I think that would be a really nice spot this season, but... I've got uh, I got pick twelve in this draft. We're about to do now, which is just where I like to be, really. Yeah, look, I think uh, towards the back end of that first round, basically uh, the the choice is almost made for you. So you, you take who falls to you, and and I think um, there's a decent chance that players that are taken in the second round this season could very well end up in the first round. So a lot of value there, I think um yeah absolutely um i'm i am surprised that you took jimmy harden so early in your mock this morning uh i actually i haven't seen him go so high mm. and i've done a lot of mocking so far this year that's the highest i've seen him go i actually got him with pick uh pick 11 in a draft when we first kicked off draft only season um and i teamed him up with Lillard. Which is yep. not a pairing you would get very often. No, two years ago, you wouldn't have got that. No way. Um, Ooh, even last right. year. Mate, uh, we've started. Let me let me share my okay. screen uh, and get it get it up. Uh, all right, share screen. Window. And you want this window. Uh, bear with me a second, guys. Here we go. Boom, that should be coming through now. And then I think I can zoom in a little bit. How does that look? Yep, oh, that's all right. As long as I can see the pics, uh, that'll be good. So I'll let you, I mean, you, you've probably got a bit of a strategy already. Um, but Jokic went at one. I mean, that's that's going to happen in every draft pretty much. Uh, Giannis at two, which is what I said. That seems to be the, the trend at the moment. And then it's a bit of a, a bit of a crapshoot then to see who goes next. So Embiid uh, goes at four, Doncic at five, Curry at six, Durant at uh, – Curry at five, sorry. Durant at six, Harden at seven. They're going quick. I like this. Yeah, I told these guys in the chat, uh, like, we're, we've started late. Let's make it snappy. And uh, everyone – uh, seems to be uh, yeah. adhering to that advice. Although it's easy to 
it's easy to pick quickly in the first round. It's really it is. It'll slow down after this, I think. Yeah. Um, when people start looking at punting and and who they want to pair and um, so no, look, I mean, in terms of that that top seven, no real surprises there. Um, and value to be found now. Towns is actually going a little bit higher than I thought in a lot of drafts. Still going in in the top. Well, even the first round. I mean, I, I think he's probably a first rounder, but I would prefer him at the back end of the first round, sort of twelve. But he seems to be going around this eight nine mark. So, yeah, I picked him at twelve uh, in the yeah. league that we drafted on Josh's show the other day. Which uh, no, actually eleven, uh, which yep. surprised me. Um, this is probably about the lowest I've seen Tatum fall to nine. Um, he's really been kind of uh, getting that five to six slot in most leagues. I'll be interested to see what Yog does here. Yog typically has a unique perspective on um, draft equity. And uh, to be honest, um, his, uh, his approach has often influenced my own over the years. He's, uh, he's, very early on high upside players and uh, tends to be kind of right about it more than he's wrong, um, which is which is pretty awesome. All right. Uh, so you're on uh, the clock now? I'm on the clock now. Uh, this is an easy one, although I don't know why. I don't know why I'm not seeing uh, all the players right now. Uh, odd. Uh, but let me just pick Lamelo. Yeah, the one you want's there. Yeah, I was going to say it now. And then uh, I am not seeing all the all the players here. Uh, all right, let me flick over to another screen. Just make sure I'm yeah, getting yeah. it on. Um, Maybe you only get two players to pick from. Yeah. Right. Uh, so while you figure that out, um, mm. so yeah, Tatum went at at nine. Yeah, and that that is sort of low. I said in that draft I did earlier. Uh, earlier today, this morning, Tatum actually went at 11. Um, Halliburton went ahead of him. So I was a little bit surprised there. Uh, uh, following Tatum, uh, Trey Young went at, at 10. That's probably about right. I think on the turn is where we're sort of looking at him. Um, I've seen him go a little bit later, about around 12. I think Lamelo is a, is a, good, uh, a good pick there. Um, seen him go as early as six or seven so uh so you can still only see two of the players on your screen but you got Halliburton um pairing him up with ball so what are you thinking there are you looking at a punt already or still a bit early uh yeah well I was kind of on the clock and I can't and I don't have a view for some reason <laughs> of all the available players which is kind of uh throwing me off a little bit um but uh yeah, I thought I would go with the youth movement. The other player that kind of caught my eye was LeBron. Um, I wasn't going to take Kyrie, um, although I think he's an unbelievable player. I love watching him play, uh, and I don't uh, I don't hold any ill will toward him because of his um, interesting views on life. Um, I do think he's unreliable, unpredictable, and that. That gives me pause for hesitation. Whereas with Hallie, uh, with Halliburton, I think, yeah, his role's locked in, uh, he's young, uh, he's predictable. Um, so I'm kind of shoring up my first two rounds with really safe bets. And I think these two guys will complement each other well um, for a punt. So 
with one minute picks, sometimes you have to go with near enough is good enough and then figure it out later. Um, if it was an eight hour um, pick clock, uh, I probably would have spent five or 10 minutes just uh, considering the options there. Yeah, and, and I think I've seen Halliburton going at the turn in almost every draft I've done. He's right at that spot around 12, 13. Um, Kyrie went after you, went at, at, uh, at 14. Uh, I like that. I, I think um, I'm somewhat okay with with taking Kyrie in the first round. I'm a little higher on him, but I, I don't think it's going to happen just because of the the uncertainty. But grabbing him anywhere in the second round, um, and he's a player who could easily be a top five guy coming into the season. So I like Kyrie there. Uh, LeBron James, I'm not drafting him this season. This feels about right. Um, early, mid, second round, but um, yeah, walk I've just me through. walk me through why you won't draft LeBron because I, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. He, I've never drafted LeBron. I, I could, I can confidently say I don't think I've ever had LeBron on a fantasy team. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm just. I mean, he's so old now. I know he. I know he's sort of. He's a freak in terms of of. Uh, how how his production hasn't hasn't waned at all, um, but I just think I just think he's not going to play enough games. I think he'll play sixty games maybe, and I'd rather take a guy that's going to play 65, 68 games. Um, I, like I said, I, I'm fine taking him here, uh, and yeah, those who want to take him, I, I, I'm not arguing, but I'm just not going to take him. Uh, Booker went next a little bit early for me, but again, that that's more me. I think this is the spot that he's going, sort of between 16 and 20. Uh, Anthony Davis, Paul George, Darius Garland. Uh, not sure about the Garland one with, with Donovan there. What, what are your thoughts on Garland now that, that Donovan's over there? Uh, yeah, well, like of all the picks that have just been made, uh, there were two in particular that caught my eye. It's uh, Garland at um, round two pick seven and then Jar at round two pick nine. Uh, so Garland was going in that kind of top, uh, that top 15, 16 pretty routinely through through 25 drafts before the Donovan Mitchell trade happened. But even at that juncture, uh, I wasn't convinced that that was representing value. Like that was where his value peaked last season when he had everything going his way. Um, so you're kind of drafting him at the top of his of his value window. Like, do you think he could push into the top 12 from a, a 16th pick? Uh, I'm not sure that he could. Um, so I always actually thought that uh, it was too early to be taking him. Like, sure, if he fell into round three, very attractive. Uh, I like a guard like Garland more than, uh, say, a Van Vliet, who's very, you know, three-point heavy, someone with a bit more athleticism that plays above the rim and that kind of thing. Uh, it's it's really what I covet. Uh, but, yeah, I've, I often thought that uh, that was too early. And then the same story with Jar. You know, he's often going late second, early third, and I think that's way too early. I think where I picked him up, in the league the other day at um, round three, pick 11, uh, was about right. I think that's about, uh, yeah, it was in the 30s, pretty sure that pick was. 
Yeah, yeah, a, a bit high for me too, um, for Jar. But just having a look here, uh, so he was picked uh, to to pair up with um, Luka Doncic. So I guess maybe leaning a bit into a, a punt free throw uh, percentage build. And let me just have a look here. If I click some buttons, and we go. Man, my internet's slow. That's what happens ah. when you have all your kids at home on watching screens. Uh, so yeah, look when you when you punt free throws and uh, turnovers, Jar goes up to be sort of a well, he's twenty sixth, so so sort of on on that turn. So that I I guess I don't know. You're closer there picking him um, late second, but yeah, still a bit high for me. Uh, Anthony Edwards went. Uh, next at pick 10 in the second round, followed by Kawhi, uh, Bam Adebayo, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Cade Cunningham, and Sabonis. Cunningham is actually a player that seems to be creeping up. I mean, you've got the ADP data on hand more than me, but I would have to think just from the, the small sample size of drafts that I've done, his ADP would have to be slowly creeping up. Uh, it's. I mean, it seems to be something that's happened over the last couple of weeks. Um, only he was definitely going in that late third round, um, well, mid to late third round, but he is seemingly like creeping up uh, a little bit um, here going with uh, round three pick two, but I've seen him going in the late second round a couple of times. Uh, definitely heard various analysts mentioning his name. Uh, another one that's going really early this year is Rob Williams. So yeah. I think people are banked, like they're really attracted to those blocks. Uh, and they're really banking on him to kind of perform the way he did in the playoffs almost, but for the whole season. So I'm not sure about that one. What what do you reckon? Oh, look, in terms of his fantasy game, I, I love his fantasy game. I'm, I'm really just worried about his knees and, and his... Uh, Boston are going to be good uh, again, obviously, and, and I just think that they'll... I mean, they're not going to manage him as such, but I, I can see them resting him and sitting him out if they need to um, because they've got the depth to cover him not being there. So I'm, I again, I'm not drafting him. I mean, he could, based on his blocks alone, he could be a, a top 15 player this season. Um, I'm just a little bit worried uh, at this point in the draft, taking a player with the injury risk. I'd rather take a Gobert here. Um, and Gobert did go ahead of him. Um, so we had uh, Cunningham... Uh, Sabonis went at pick three uh, in the third round. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Dejounte Murray, Robert Williams, Chris Paul, Jimmy Butler. Uh, yeah, and I'd rather Gobert there uh, ahead of Williams. Um, but I mean, I can see why you would do that. I mean, just his, his defensive upside alone is warrants a third round pick. Um, I'm just going to be leaving him for someone else. So your pick's coming up here. So we've got uh, Siakam just went off the board at. Pick ten in the third round. Uh, one more. So, what are you are you looking at? You've got two guards, so Lamelo and and Halliburton, and you're up now. Yeah, I was looking at um, I was looking at Pascal uh, and Beal before I saw that Pascal got taken. Yeah. Uh, at this point in the draft, I'm really trying to solidify my points. Very difficult to find them later on. I'm pretty flush with assists. Um, which is the other difficult category to 
build up and maintain through 14 rounds. Uh, I'm thinking that Beal, you know, definitely had a down year last year. Uh, and uh, I, I think he's better this year. Uh, he was being taken in the first round, um, you know, the year before last. So I'm thinking this is value here for him. But then what I am becoming conscious of is uh, not having any centers uh, at this stage. So I'll grab Beal and put myself back on the clock here. And uh, unfortunately, um, the Fantrax ADPs, I don't know if anyone else has realized this, but they were really in tune uh, with the flight of the FBI ADPs, like very, very similar, because obviously we're the ones doing all the drafting. Uh, but there's been some type of update that's taken place um, over the last couple of that, like yes, over the night, basically. Uh, and all those AAPs are completely out of whack now. So I'm looking at a center. I'm, I was thinking um, Vuk uh, here, but Kyle's got Vuk ranked at 51. Oh, shit. Let me just pause. It's good All when right. you control the draft, you can pause it. Yes. Well, I just took Vuk, but uh, that's not what I wanted to do. I'm just going to uh, uh, just give me a sec, guys. Um, so while you figure that out, I'll just sort of recap a couple of picks there. So as you said, Siakam went at pick, pick uh, uh, 10 uh, in the third round. I actually really like Siakam this year and and I've tried to get him. Uh, generally, I punt and in most of my leagues this season, I've been punting um, big man stats. So punting blocks, punting field goal percentage and, and looking for assists and steals. Siakam's actually a really nice fit in a build like that because he has center eligibility. Uh, I'm pretty sure if I can read that screen. Yep. So depending on, on your um, platform, of course, but on Fantrax, he has center eligibility. And if you can use him as your center in a punt blocks, punt rebounds sort of build, he, he does play a little bit like a guard in that he'll get you good assist numbers. He'll get good steals. He'll hit threes. He's pretty efficient from the line. Um, so I really like Siakam around this spot. If you can get him as a center, if you are uh, looking at a build like that. Um, Porzingis went at pick 11. In the third round, you took Beal uh, and Vucevic, and then I'm, I'm going to keep Vuk. I'm going to keep Vuk. Just uh, it was pretty borderline uh, versus what I probably would have done. So let me just keep the integrity of the draft alive and stick with Vuk. <laughs> I forget that money's on the line. Uh, I forgot that money was on the line, which means it would be unfair to make an amendment. But what I need to do is limit my chit chat until. <laughs> During the yeah. Time when I'm, oh, look, yeah. no, that I'll uh, I'll keep an eye on where we are. Yeah. Lose track once once we're making picks and they're flying off the board. Um, so, but I mean, look in terms of the build that you've got going there, uh, Vooch is actually not a bad fit. Um, he's probably not going to give you the points that you were looking for. Um, but as you said, you need a center, and the longer you leave it, the more you're reaching. So better to get it and, and look this is going against what i've done in leagues where i've left it till the 10th or 11th round to get my center and i'm getting bobby portis and that sort of thing so um 
I don't mind Vooch there. Like he he's he's solid enough. Um, he can get you some sneaky assists from the center spot as well, um, and and efficient from the free throw line. Yeah, it definitely needed to be a center. Um, uh, it was just a matter of uh, which was the right one. Uh, I'm not going to say the other the other guy, couple of guys that I was thinking about there. Uh, although I doubt that they make them back to me. Um, but yeah, that's always the issue with getting centers after the first few rounds, uh, your inability to, uh, have a, a points component to what they're contributing. And then when you get past maybe the first six rounds, uh, the centers tend to be really poor free throw shooters. Yeah. So if you've got a team like mine, which is led by a ball and a Halliburton, you don't want, uh, poor free throw shooters kind of, uh, mm, cutting out the value of the category that is probably your strongest one. Yeah, and it, it does, like, and even just looking here, you can see after sort of Gobert goes off the board and Robert Williams, it actually dries up a little bit for centres. So there's, there's a bit of a gap here, I think, uh, from the mid-third round, um, probably through to sort of where we are now or even a bit later. So DeAndre Ayton has just gone off the board. Um what round, what are we, round four? Uh, that six. was uh, pick uh, 42, I believe. Yeah, so yeah. maybe a fraction early, but you need if you need to get a centre, this is what I mean, you, you do need to reach a little bit now. Well, to be got... honest, Adam, that was probably the guy that I was looking at as a, a substitute for Book. Yep. Uh, I yep. think that um, I think that his projections are a little bit deflated. I think all the bullshit that happened toward the end of last season, particularly in that final seat or that conference finals with uh, with the Mavs, uh, I think he kind of got a bit of a bum rap there. Uh, you know, he got a bit of a uh, people were starting to say things like, "Oh, you know, he was he was uh, you know uh, talking smack to Monty Williams and he wasn't trying his hardest and that kind of thing." And those type of narratives tend to take on a bit of life of their own. Um, and I do feel that, uh, you know, players get devalued when they have that type of negative kind of commentary surrounding them. And there, uh, Luke Longley takes the other centre I was thinking about, with, which is Evan Mobley. Um, Evan, I don't think that there's a negative narrative around him, quite the opposite. But what I do think is that his upside, his ceiling is much higher than, say, an Aiden. Like, yeah. I think he has defensive... Uh, player of the year potential Mobley and that he could really uh, increase those defensive stats in particular, particularly his blocks, uh, particularly his steals. And I do think that his points could um, increase uh, and having two really capable playmakers now with uh, with Donovan joining the team, uh, I think Mobley is really primed to take a huge step forward and I don't think his um, ranks on on our favourite um, sites such as Basketball Monster really do that upside justice. Yeah, no, I like Mobley for this year. I would take him over Aiton. Um, but I do get what you're saying there about Aiton as well. I, the, I guess, yeah, for me, it's I'm not sure there's a lot of value sort of taking Aiton, whereas taking Mobley, he could, he could be a second-round player in theory. Um, and we just need to wait and see how everything fits together. Um, I'll just run through quite a few picks have gone off the board and you need to start <laughs> looking at your next pick. Uh, so we had 
Uh, after you took uh, Vooch at, uh, with the first pick in the fourth round, Miles Turner, uh, Zion Williamson, DeMar DeRozan, Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Zach Levine, OG Ananobi, Evan Mobley, Jalen Brown, De'Aaron Fox, Chris Middleton, Terry Rozier, Brandon Ingram, Jarrett Allen. So quite a few names there. Um, they, they all seem sort of okay. Uh, Ananobi, that's probably a little bit earlier than I've seen him going. Um, it's probably about right, but I've seen him. I think I managed to get him in in the fifth round uh, in one of my leagues. Um, uh, Chris Middleton, he's falling a little bit. Nice and safe there, but, but he has had that off-season surgery. So um, I, I think people are a little bit hesitant on him, but I don't think it'll impact him at all. Uh, Brandon Ingram, I like Brandon Ingram there. Uh, despite Zion um, playing this season, I still think Ingram will have a, a pretty solid, I think he's very safe around that area. Uh, you've still got a bit of time here. So Zion went, so what are we, pick 40, uh, 44, something like that. Uh, yeah, he um, went 39. 39. I'm not even yeah. close. Uh, so, yeah, what are your thoughts on Zion, I guess, in general, but at, at that spot? I'm a massive sucker for Zion. Um, I think my view on him is uh, it's higher than others. Like, doing all these mock drafts, I guess, one of the benefits is you start to get a sense for where people are going to go. So, you know, I, I think he's a third-round player, basically, but, you know, if he's healthy. Uh, but I, what I've learned is that you know, I really don't need to take him in the third round. Uh, and here he's gone quite early in the fourth round. But in all honesty, uh, you know, a month ago, he was going fifth, sixth round. So, you know, you would he would definitely be outside the top 50 before. Uh, but he's certainly creeping um, up draft boards. And I think it's just because his potential is so huge. Like he's scoring, you know, close to 30 points a day, a game. He's got uh, the ability to give you multiple stocks per game. Uh, his uh, field goal percentage is insane. Um, and you do get the feeling that if he, you know, pulls it all together, he's going to be a huge upside play. Um, and speaking of people flying up draft boards, um, Jalen Green has uh, really uh, been rocketing up draft boards uh, recently. Uh, he was kind of around seven or eight type of guy um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but, yeah, I think he's been getting a lot of hot coverage on various uh, podcasts around town and uh, his, his stock has been going up. Whereas Desmond Bain, he's been falling uh, in value. He was uh, easily in that fourth round discussion. I think his um, projections have been um, updated on sites like Basketball Monster to be a little bit less aggressive uh, and that's really starting to flow through into where he's getting taken in drafts. Yeah, he has he has fallen. Last year he was sort of a, a really nice target. I got him in, in a number of teams late and, and obviously he was sort of one of the breakout uh, players of the season. Um, yeah, this year I, I think he, you, as you said, he was going sort of around that 40 sort of mark and now, now dropping. Um, I think he'll probably stick around here, sort of, sort of early to mid fifth. Um, I guess the concern a, a little bit, it's probably not to the degree of um, someone like a Duncan Robinson who had that breakout season. Once teams figure out a player, it can impact 
their production. And I guess the concern with Bain, maybe they team figure him out. He was a bit of a surprise. Um, he probably wasn't scouted as hard as, as some other players. So I guess that's a little bit of a concern there is that he they figure him out. And so he's not as effective this year. Um, on Jalen Green, yeah, look, he, he is going up quite quickly. Um, his ADP, I, I would assume, yeah, go, going up. And I think I took him about this spot uh, in a draft, in the draft this morning. Um, we'll just grab while you're making your uh, pick here. Uh, ben Simmons went off the board at uh, pick four in round five, followed by Christian Wood, Jalen Green, Desmond Baines, CJ McCollum, Scotty Barnes, Tyrese Maxey, Josh Giddy, uh, you're on the clock now. I'll let you make your picks. Yeah, I'm good. I've got my, I've got a queue there, uh, so I won't get, uh, I won't get. All right. Do you want to walk so. us through what you're thinking then, if you're good to go? Uh, yeah, I am. Uh, I'm thinking that I need to bolster up both my big man stats and my assists. So we'll get an auto draft of Jonas Valanciunas coming through in a moment. And then I'm just considering where I go with uh, the next part of uh, with the next part of that, whether I go for a wing and really bump up the points um, that I'm that I'm getting here, uh, or whether I go for um, someone who's going to give me um, a, a bigger mixture of uh, assists. Um, someone that I am mm, really high on. I think he could quite honestly end up coming back to me uh, and that I might regret this is KPJ. Um, yeah, I reckon I reckon there's a chance that he would come back to me for my round seven pick. Now that I've said it out loud, I'm not sure that's the case. Uh, I think that there's other guards here that interest me too. But let's go with KPJ. Yeah, look, I, I'm just going through this draft we did this morning to see where, where KPJ went. Um, where is he? Well, he's later than I th thought. Okay, so he went in the in the draft we did this morning, which was a mixture of analysts and and listeners or um subscribers was uh, he went in round six pick 13 uh so back into the sixth round but that's in a, a 14 team so that would be probably sort of back into the, the seventh round in a standard draft which is yeah i went a bit early. about where you are so he would have you probably go off the board i mean now that you've talked if you like if you'd mentioned him and not picked him you probably would have gone earlier um but so are you so recapping your team, you've got uh, Lamelo Ball, Tyrese Halliburton, Bradley Beal, Nikola Vucevic, Jonas Valanciunas, and Kevin Porter. Are you looking at a punt at all here, or or you're just going sort of for across the board production? Uh, yeah, I was looking at a bit of a punt, either a field goal or a block. I think I had yep. uh, the liberty to do both. Uh, I've kind of not really taken a strong line in either direction. Um, I probably should have 
Yeah, I think taking Valanciunas, who has really high, like the field goal percentage is what really drives his value. I think perhaps that was uh, an error, uh, although it has, you know, bumped up my rebounds. Yeah. Uh, but maybe taking a non-blocking wing there with a higher points capability, um, someone like Calden Johnson uh, probably would have been the smarter move there. Uh, I wouldn't have to worry about Calden's field goal percentage. Um, I think Josh has got him penciled in at around uh, 22, 23 points a game, which is which would have been helpful. Um, and he definitely has upside from there. The Spurs really don't have anyone on the team. Uh, so I think Calden, you know, obviously everyone thinks Calden's going to be in for a big season. Uh, but if he really puts it together, he could be a steal at that point in the draft. Uh, so, yeah, I think... I think the KPJ pick is fine. It really locks up the assist category for me. Uh, his points are pretty good too. Uh, but I do regret that Jonas Valanciunas pick now. It did give me some rebounds, but oh, I could have got them later. Yeah, look, I don't... I, that, that's sort of why I asked, I guess, because I was look, sort of looking at your build and then and then that was the one that, that sort of stood out as a... Mm, okay, I mean, that's a... That, in terms of that spot, I think that's a fine spot for him to be drafted. Um, and he still fits that punt blocks build because he's not going to get you more than a block a game, really. Um, yeah. And uh, and he's he's a good free throw shooter for a centre, so he's not going to kill you in free throw percentage. Um, so yeah, I mean he's not a he's not a perfect fit, but it's it's not a a terrible fit, and it does he is generally pretty durable as well. So he's someone that you can sort of rely on. Um, you know exactly what you're going to get from him pretty much game to game. Uh, so following, you uh, took Kevin Porter with the first pick of the sixth round. Then we had Keldon Johnson, Alperin Shangoon, Jordan Poole, John Collins, uh, Jamal Murray and Jalen Brunson. Uh, anything stand out there? Sangoon uh, going at, at 60, what's, is that 63? Uh, yeah, well, there's a couple of things that stand out on these picks. So one, uh, Yog took Calden Johnson, you know, immediately after I took KPJ. Just reinforces what I was thinking before. Like, with KPJ, maybe I could have waited around for him. Calden, no way. Um, so I probably should have gone with Calden there. Um, Jordan Poole, I, mean, I, I heard some other analysts, uh, like, talking down his potential to contribute the way he did last year with Clay and... Steph healthy, I I don't agree with that. I think um, Jordan Poole has been in, like he's been getting better. He's been taking huge leaps forward over the last couple of years, uh, and uh, I don't see any reason why he can't actually be even better than he was last year uh, in this next year. So I think that's totally fine. And the other thing, of course, is like Curry and Clay between them are going to have injuries. Like they're in their mid to you know their mid thirties at the moment. Um, they're not playing 82 games. So uh, Geordie Poole's going to get run. Um, next up, I think I think John Collins at that point is really value. Uh, again, he kind of gets a bit of a negative rap. He's in an awkward position on the Hawks, but he does have all the tools to be a significantly higher contributor um, than where he was taken there. So I like that pick. Michael Porter Jr. is definitely creeping up draft boards, uh, definitely. 
he was easier to snap up kind of eighth or ninth round, um, uh, you know, uh, moving moving backwards a couple of weeks. Uh, so it was really uh, so interesting to see him getting taken so high, although I do rate him uh, as I know you do. Uh, I was considering Devin Vassell. Um, so just the next picks uh, after after Brunson were uh, MPJ. Then we had Nurk, uh, Nurkic. Then we had um, Franz Wagner, which that is a little bit higher than he's typically been going. Uh, Devin Vassell, uh, you know, that's a really strong pick, obviously. Um, well, maybe it's not obvious to some, but, uh, you know, he is in line to have a dominant um, ball handling role in San Antonio. So I was actually considering him um, back at the turn. Um, so I think that's very strong. Uh, Paolo um, came in to round off round six. A uh, bit of a wild card. He looked amazing in Summer League like he was going to dominate in the NBA. Uh, and I think the eye test is important, uh, as I believe you you do as well. You're not just a pure numbers guy, Adam. Um, that eye test did really look good for Paolo. Um, and that brings us to the end of the sixth round. Yeah, look, it's... Um, yeah, look, it covered everything there, really. Um, in terms of Collins, I know I had Collins last year and, and he was injured, he was in and out a bit, but when he played, he, he was really inconsistent. He'd have games where he'd just be invisible and wouldn't even attempt a shot. And then he'd go for sort of 26 and 10. And and I think that's that'll be fresh in people's minds, especially those who had him on their teams last season. He was very inconsistent. Um, yeah, look, Vassell, I'm actually... I'm actually higher on Vassell than Keldon Johnson this season, um, slightly. I, I, if I if I was sort of in a position where I had to choose between the two, I'd take Vassell. Um, probably just because of the upside, the defensive upside a little bit more. I think he could he could get 1.3 steals, maybe 1.4. Um, probably won't score as much, but I, I just think he offers a little bit more across the board. Uh, and yeah, Michael Porter Jr. As you said, I, I'm pretty high on him. Um, I'll be on Josh's show tomorrow and he's asked me to think of a player that I'm higher on than, than other people. And it could very well be Michael Porter Jr. Um, I'll have a look at that tonight. Uh, so after after Bankero, Draymond Green went off the board. Uh, Jabari Smith, uh, Mikhail Bridges, D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randall, Marcus Smart, Tobias Harris, Clay Thompson. Uh, Jabari Smith, I like him. I think he could be the best rookie this season. And I mean, both he and Bankero are going pretty close in most drafts to each other. Um, uh, D'Angelo Russell, I like him there. I think he's he's solid. Timberwolves are going to be competitive this season. They're going to want to win games. Um, he is a little bit fragile when it comes to sort of lower limb injuries, but. Uh, hopefully, now that they're, they've got a bit a bit more to play with in terms of talent on the team, they can actually ease him through a bit more. Um, Julius Randall, what are your thoughts on him this season? Are we going to get sort of the, the Randall that we had two seasons ago, or the Randall we had last season? We're going to get the Randall that we had last season, and probably with God damn it, Al Fresh. That was my my secret Six. my secret weapon yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll uh, let you do your pick. Sorry. I watched, no, no, that's uh, all right. I'm, I'm good. Um, you were saying uh, Jay Randall, uh, Julius, old Julius. Yeah, I think, I think that he is going to be just as bad, if not worse, than he was last season. 
I really don't see uh, the introduction of um, the introduction of uh, the other players that they brought in. You know, your Brunson uh, and so on um, as being a, a like a positive. I don't think they're building around him anymore. Um, I think he's going to get marginalised, and uh, yeah. I think unless he gets traded, it's going to make for a bit of a, a downward spiral. Yeah. So I'll let you do your picks yeah, here. Do, yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I agree. I'm not. I'm not drafting Randall anywhere. Um, so the guy that was. Well, I'll flow through the next couple of picks after Clay Thompson, but Jakob Pertle, uh went. I love Pertle there. I mean. He could be rested um, or limited uh, at the back end when the Spurs are, are uh, chasing that that high draft pick. But, I mean, as long as he's on the floor, he's pretty awesome. I had him last season in quite a few leagues. Um, Colin Sexton went off the board at pick 10 in round seven. That was the guy. It sounds like you had your eye on him there. Um, Wendell Carter uh, went next. So you've taken Buddy Heald. With your uh, with your twelve um, seventh pick, so in terms of Sexton, look, I, I think he's going to fly up draft boards. I d- I don't think he's that good a player in in real life. He's, he's not going to really contribute to winning. But Utah don't want to win. Um, but as you sort of alluded to earlier, and and you see it in every draft, people chase points, and scorers are hard to get at the back end of drafts. Um, once you get sort of beyond this sort of range, anyone scoring over 15, 16 points is going to have have value. And so Sexton could very well score 25 points a game this season. Um, so I think he's probably going to go uh, climb and probably end up going in the 60s um, when all is said and done. Uh, Buddy Heald, you took, followed by Tyler Hero. So... Locking yeah, look, this, this might line. be the this actually might be the, the it's the first time I've taken Tyler Hero, you know, in, in fifteen drafts this year so far. Um, first time I've taken him. I was taking Buddy through the first ten or so drafts that we did, but I was getting him at like 110, 115, 120 in that range. Um, and all you really need to do is like look at his statistics since he landed in indiana you know like suddenly buddy could handle the ball a little bit and suddenly he seemed to be putting in a bit more effort and uh you know he was um passing well all of a sudden something that he hadn't done before so um i think buddy even at that spot where i've got him there which must be what 84 uh, i think that's a really interesting spot to take him he's going to give you points he's going to give you threes um and then tyler look i really went for that one two combo to get the points up um i'm kind of tracking what i'm doing on um, the basketball monster um draft tracker um and uh my points were really lagging quite substantially behind uh, much more so than i thought um i do have very much now have the old uh triple punt um going uh, where it's the uh, blocks, field goal percentage, and turnover punt. Um, so that's a really difficult punt to pull off when you're when you're punting on so many categories. Uh, and then you really need to make sure that you're winning, basically, or you're really strong in the six categories that you're you're trying to win. 
because if you're middle of the pack in one or two of them, um, your your punt strategy is not going to work. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to I'm I'm doing exactly what I don't like to be doing in a draft, which is trying to play catch up rather than trying to be proactive with the stats I'm accumulating. Yeah, and that and that happens. Um, in I mean, everyone sort of chases stuff towards towards the end, and and I've I mean. I'm all, generally in every league that I'm in. If it's a head-to-head league, I punt four categories. So punting three is nothing. <laughs> I, I I always just back myself to win in five categories. Um, doesn't always work, but and, and the risk, depending on your league settings, is you if you do punt four categories and and just go strong in five, you it's unlikely that you're going to finish top of the standings. Um, because you're just not winning by enough each week. So as long as you're okay with that and, and you're pretty confident you can beat every team, um, yeah, something I do. But that's a bit off topic anyway. But uh, So after Hero went Larry Markinen, Clint Capella, Sadiq Bay, Kyle Lowry. Much like Sexton, uh, Markinen is going to steadily climb draft boards, uh, I would think, and... It, it would appear at the moment. I mean, Utah have probably still got a couple of moves to make, but it would appear that uh, Lowry's going to be the starting power forward um, and could be... I, I think if I had to sort of compare him to a player, and he, he's obviously not going to be as, as good as this guy, but if you think back to Kevin Love in his prime, um, when he was not as good as Kevin Love, I'll make that clear. He's not. Kevin Love was a top five sort of fantasy guy, but Lowry's... Uh, he could get you sort of 20, 22 points, potentially 10 rebounds, 9 to 10 rebounds, couple of threes, solid free throw percentage, but no no defensive stats. Um, so, I don't know, Kevin Love light, light from from when he was uh, sort of when he was peak Kevin Love. Um, and then we had, uh, after Kyle Lowry, Keegan Murray and Anthony Simons, going there any thoughts on on those guys i've seen capella falling quite a bit in drafts um capella falls to an insane level every year i find and then outperforms uh where he's getting drafted every single time and you know if you're punting uh, free throw percentage uh unless he gets injured he's you know really contributing a lot like guys getting 20 boards in a game you know every couple of weeks um, yeah, so I always find Capella an interesting late round target, but obviously conditional on the punt um, that I'm doing. Um, there's, I think what I find more and more in these competitive leagues is that everybody is punting, right? And then there's only so many different punt strategies you can have. So, you know, if you're taking guards in the first couple of rounds, you know, you're punting field goal percentage and or blocks, turnovers, you know, some kind of combination of those three, like I am today. And if you're taking a Giannis, you're taking uh, a Luca, you know, you're you're probably going to punt free throw percentages. So particularly on those two punt builds, like the, the field goal plus or the free throw plus builds, uh, I find that it really pays to understand in the draft, you know, who took Giannis, who took uh, Luca, where are they situated, uh, in the draft order, because you can really judge, you know, like players like Capella, uh, is that person going to come back to you or not? Uh, you know, so like uh, it's uh, who, who is it here that that that, uh, that took him? 
uh, Al Fresh. Um, you know, if he if if uh, he who did he start with? He started with Trey. So that's I don't know. That seems like an odd combo um, to me. Uh, Trey, or I guess Zion, uh, Capella. Uh, yeah, I typically wouldn't think you'd be punting free throw percentages with Trey as your first pick. Uh, but let's say that, um, you know, that he did take uh, a Doncic here. And then, or maybe that's a bad example. Let's just say that he took Antetokounmpo here and then Doncic was next. The draft's going this way. You, I mean, you can probably look at these remaining players that aren't punt free throw players and kind of assume that no one's going to take a Capella uh, because he'll do too much damage to their free throws. Uh, doesn't really make sense in the context of this specific draft. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think it does pay to know what people are likely punting based on who they took in the first round, where they are in the draft order, and what that means for players coming back to you uh, if you kind of leave them for a round. Yeah, I think it's something that people don't do enough of. And, look, I mean, it is hard depending on your draft settings, but actually keeping an eye on what other teams are doing. So I think if you're in a slow draft, that that's a, a good piece of advice. You you have time to actually have a look at other teams and what they're, what they're building, what they're punting. And you can almost project who or, or at least what kind of players they're going to be targeting. Um, and it, it can give you a step, uh, sort of a leg up on the opposition if you can almost be, as you said, be proactive, especially as you get later in, in, in drafts, um, rather than being reactive and chasing uh, stats. So a punt that I'm actually, I'm keen to try this year, and I haven't done it yet, uh, is punting points, because I think that subconsciously people always value points over a lot of the other stats. And I think Josh talked about, uh, on one of his podcasts recently, about uh, no, not last year, year before when TJ McConnell got 10 steals in a game. And that's sort of, it's not unheard of, but it's very, very, very rare. And the equivalent in points was someone would need to score, I think it was 124 points in a game to be the for the equivalent of 10 steals. And so people are always going to look at a, a score or someone that scores 22 points or 24 points. Um, and see the value there. Whereas someone who gets 1.6 steals as opposed to 1.2, not a massive difference, but there is still a, a huge difference in value. And, and so I think punting points would open up a lot of those players that don't score um, in, in vast quantities. Um, and I'll actually plug it in here. I'll actually, let's have a look at where we're at because oh, you're, you're coming up. I'll just wrap through a few picks because we've been waffling on. So after uh, Anthony Simons, he went with the uh, seventh pick in the eighth round. We had PJ Washington, Andrew Wiggins, Mitchell Robinson, Jalen Smith, Gary Trent, Walker Kessler, Isaiah Jackson, Brandon Clark, Jared Vanderbilt, Malcolm Brogdon, Gordon Haywood, Al Horford, Jeremy Grant, and Reggie Jackson. Um, some nice picks there. Jalen uh, Jalen Smith going at, uh, what's that, pick 11 in the eighth round. I really like that. I think he could be a, a top 70 player. Um, Walker Kessler, look, he's a guy that probably has fallen a little bit uh, over the last few days with the uh, with Larry Markin and 
coming in. Um, but I still think he could he could get close to sort of 1.8 blocks a game. Um, so that alone gives him nice value. Uh, Brandon Clark, I'm always super high on Brandon Clark. Uh, I actually haven't got him in any drafts this year, but but I like him here. I think he could be a top top 70 player at least for the first couple of months. Uh, after Reggie went Kyle Kuzma, Markel Fultz, and you are on the clock now. Yeah. Uh, what, are, what are you? Have you got a plan, or do I need to? Uh, yeah, I'm just coming to a plan. Um, I am gonna take. I am gonna take RJ Barrett here because I don't care about my field goal percentage. And then what I'm tossing up between is I kind of need some steals. I'm pretty in need of some steals uh lonzo would make a decent choice uh for me here um if i thought he was going to play um i am actually i actually really need a some power forwards uh as well which is not uh ideal um i was thinking herb jones for steals um looking at power forwards nothing really is jumping off the page at me the reason i took rj was that i really needed some points still needed some points uh my points are back up looking good though now uh now i need blocks i need this i need rebounds and field goal percentage um All right, let me take Monzo. If it, if it pays out, if it plays out, uh, it'll be good. What are we at? Uh, nine times nine times twelve. I pick one hundred and eight. Yeah, I pick one hundred and nine. That that's good for that's good for Monzo. Yeah, look, I think. I mean, we don't know. That's the the hesitation for for most people. There is that it could be. It could be a week, it could be a month, it could be three months. Um, the fact that it's an injury that he suffered so long ago and we haven't really had any positive news, I guess that's where where people's um, concerns come in. But, I mean, yeah, look, if he can play 50 games, then he's a steal there. And I think in the draft I did this morning, he actually went at about 150. Um, so he's a guy that you just leave on the bench and... Yeah, well, you know, like when they when they say, oh, he might not be ready for, you know, the start of the season, um, and it, the injury has been going on for so long, uh, it really does give you pause for concern. Honestly, it does. Um, I don't see myself taking Lonzo in in a lot of drafts. I think I uh, just got sucked into. Uh, chasing the statistics there a little bit uh, with his uh, contribution to steals. Um, he's ranked 46th, uh, you know, by Kyle. Uh, Josh has got him, I think, even a bit higher than that. Um, I know he's bumped him down to 62nd. Uh, but, yeah, his steals are really invaluable. Um, doesn't really help me with the, with the, with the pursuit of points. Uh, and I, what I'm really lacking now is uh, rebounds, uh, free throw. Uh, so yeah, re- I need to really boost up my rebounds, uh, and I need to I need to do a bit of work on my free throw percentage. RJ's really done some damage there. <laughs> yeah, he has. Uh, 
and just quickly look, I was looking back at that draft. So Lonzo went in the 11th round uh, pick, 10, what, 11 in the 11th round, and that was a 14-team league, so around 150. And if you look at the players that went around him in this draft, uh, Obi Toppin, Davion Mitchell, Mike Conley, Nasir Little, Tyus Jones, yeah. uh, Lou Dort, um, yeah, Chris Duarte. So, I mean, you look at those names and and that, that's where they should be going. Lonzo can be a top 30 player when he's playing. So there's a lot of value there if he does, uh, if he does work through this injury. Um, so, yeah, so you've gone with Barrett and Ball. Uh, any of those picks sort of ahead of you there that, that jump out? Um, Vanderbilt was sort of one of those players that was going – uh, oh, I don't know, sort of 80, 90 uh, and, and probably falling now again with all the um, all the movement in Utah. So what what are your sort of projections for him now? Yeah, he hasn't really moved the needle for me very much at all, Vanderbilt. Like he's one of those guys that have an intriguing stat set, but, he, you know, he, he's not really on the court long enough. And then if he is, he's just... He's not necessarily getting the ball. And I see how people get excited. Oh, you know, there's a vacuum at the centre position in Utah. But I'm just not convinced that he's at the NBA level. Um, you know, I mean, he's obviously at the NBA level, but he's not at that more elite level where he's going to kind of garner 35 minutes a game. So, yeah, I would see him being in more of a kind of a role share while they test out what they've got with Walker Kessler, um, you know, whoever else they bring in at those forward positions, you know, who, as Josh likes to say, you know, with every trade where a player gets sent out like a Bogdanovich, uh, you know, someone's coming back. Um, so who knows who comes back into that uh, rotation. Um, doesn't really do it for me. Um, but what I did like in terms of picks there was I do like Jeremy Grant there. I think people are really down on him, you know, going from a, a central role at Detroit um, to a, a kind of uh, a more, you know, secondary tertiary role um, in Portland. I think people are a little bit too down on him. He's still a quality player. He can still score the basketball. Uh, he was kind of going round seven, round eight. Um, he's definitely falling um, recently. So I think, um, you know, uh, round nine pick eights, that's a great, great spot for him. I post one, pick 100. Uh, and then Fultz, Fultzy and Suggs. Um, Taken by Yog, just going for the for the upside there. It's very smart um, drafting, uh, in my opinion. So yeah, that's pretty much my thoughts on uh, on the on the people that preceded me. And obviously, I didn't mind that Herb Jones pick. I was really maybe probably should have grabbed him instead of Lonzo with my ten one. Yeah, um, yeah. Look, I, I like Herb. Uh, I've seen him go sort of 70, 80, and that's too high for me. I think around this spot is good. There's there's a bit of value uh, left there. Um, Fultz is an interesting one for me. I've actually got him in a, in a couple of leagues, and and I'm he could be one player that I'm potentially higher on than than others. Like I, I think he could he could be a top one hundred player. Um, I know Orlando have, have obviously got a few more pieces there now, but uh, I, I think I looked at his game log uh, from the end of last season, which, I mean, it's not an accurate reflection because uh, the, the roster has obviously changed uh, a little bit since the end of last season. But 
I'm just bringing up his game log uh, from the end of last season. So he, over the last, uh, oh, what's that, eight games, uh, he he only played sort of tw- generally around 20 minutes, 22 minutes, scored in double figures in eight straight games, uh, had at least six assists in all but two of those games and had 15 assists in, in one. Um, multiple steals in five of those games. Uh, doesn't hit a lot of threes um, or grab a lot of rebounds, but I think assist steals uh, are valuable uh, sort of this time in the draft. And, and obviously his, his efficiency was a, a problem early in his career and he had all the issues with his shoulder. Seems to have uh, fixed that up. So, so I like Fultz uh, here. So we had... Uh, where are we? So after after Suggs, uh, we went with is that oh Trey Jones? I was going to say Tyus Jones, Trey Jones, Mo Bumba, Harrison Barnes, uh, Herb Jones, Cam Johnson, Nick Claxton, Norm Powell, uh, Rob Covington, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Bogdan. I'm assuming I can't see the face, but I think it's Bogdan. It Bogdanovich. Uh, uh, it's the Atlanta Bogdan. Yep. Uh, Monty Morris, Bones Highland, Jonathan Isaac, Ivica Zubats, Josh Hart, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Bobby Portis. A uh, couple of guys there. Uh, I like Claxton there. Um, get your thoughts on, on two guys. One uh, that I've, I think I've picked him up in every draft. Bones Highland uh, and and Jonathan Isaac. What what are your sort of very at very different sort of spots in their career. What are your thoughts on those guys? Uh, so Bones, I like him long-term. Um, I actually picked him up in quite a few dynasty leagues where he was just dropped um, last season, like a few months in. And these aren't, you know, just crappy dynasty leagues. They're proper dynasty leagues. So definitely rated long-term. Uh, he had a strong finish to the season last year. But obviously, like that's without Murray. Um, did okay in the playoffs. Um, I should say it's without Murray and it's without um, MPJ as well. Um, you know, did, did all right in the playoffs. I, I thought he looked good past the eye test, but I do think that that late season form has positioned him um, more favourably than I think he should be. Uh, like I'm, I'm pretty fine taking him. I think he's great. Maybe round thirteen, round fourteen. As like an upside pick, um, probably think round 11 fractionally too early. Although when I look at the players that are getting drafted around him, it seems fine. Uh, I'd definitely rather Lonzo there um, than, than Bones, to be honest with you. Um, so yeah, long-term, I think good. I think he's going to get overhyped this season. I think people are going to go early on him. I doubt he ends up on any of my redraft rosters. And then Johnny Isaac, I was taking every single mock in round 14 uh and i think it's only in the last couple of weeks that people have started thinking to themselves well if he does play it could be a game changer you know i'm pretty sure that i heard josh make a comment on his podcast a couple of days ago where it was like well johnny isaac was in the top 20 the last season that he played yeah i think we talked about that on on the um the the AMA show, uh, the AMA oh, show that I did right. earlier in the yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, I think I looked up his numbers and, and he was 17th or 19th or something. So um, your pick's coming up here. 
Yeah. Uh, so we're oh, in yeah. round 11. Um, been, I was I was sitting up like in the top three or four uh, and I've fallen all the way down to third last. Um, sorry, I'm just giving you guys a stream of consciousness at the moment. My my blocks, my, I need to get in the rebounds, I need to get those rebounds up as a matter of urgency and I could really do with bolstering steals and points. So that's me, is it? Uh, yeah, it could yeah. be. So so I'll let you do that. So after, um, I think I got up to Bobby Portis, who was taken uh, seventh pick in the 11th round. Dylan Brooks uh, was next, followed by Jay Sean Tate, Isaiah Hartenstein, and Onyeka Kongwu. Uh, Dylan Brooks I like there. I, I really don't like him as, as a player. Um, takes some ill-advised shots uh, at times, and, and but for fantasy, he's... He's okay. I mean, at this point in the draft, he, he he scores 20 points more times than he probably should. Uh, he can sneak you some steals, um, so he'll get you one or two steals a game. Um, efficiency, not great, but uh, at this point of the draft, you, you're not going to get players who are going to help you in multiple categories. So I like Brooks there. Uh, Hartenstein, I like uh, Hartenstein there as well. Um Looks as though you need. Do you need to fix your pick? Yeah, I do. I'm just gonna. I'll just do that really quickly. I just chose a player, and uh, they're not on the uh, on the board anymore, or they weren't coming up in my. Search. Maybe because they were drafted. Yeah, was Matthias Matherin drafted? Uh, Benedict Matherin. Benedict Matherin. Uh, I don't remember that he was. Uh, I think it's I've got the 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 wrong uh, filter on here. Benedict. Here he is. SGSF. Yeah, oh well, that's what I was going to do. Let me let me lock that in. Oops. I'm sure people will be okay given the player you took. No one will even know who it is. Um, so yeah, look, Hartenstein. As I said, he went at pick ten in round eleven. Uh, I like <clears throat> I like him there. I. It would be great if he was starting over Mitchell Robinson. It's it's not going to happen, but we saw last year uh, down the stretch that he really only needs 22 minutes um, to to flirt with top 100 value. So, uh, yeah, look, I think I think here there's there's a bit of um, meat on the bone for him, and obviously, if things do go his way, Mitchell Robinson could get injured, or they could just get sick of. Um, his lack of offensive uh, sort of upside and, and maybe Hartenstein slides in as the starter at some point. Uh, so you've gone with uh, Matherin there and are you undoing? Yes. Uh, yeah. I got to just, uh, I just got to figure out how to do it. Uh, Cause I've uh, got a new, got a new interface here. Yeah. Uh, so it looks like you're, so you took Matherin. looks like you're going to go after Isaiah Stewart. Yeah, I will. Yeah, because I so he's a don't like it. Yeah, look, Isaiah Stewart's an interesting one. Um, obviously, last year I think I probably bought into the hype a bit, and and I don't remember where I drafted him, but it, in hindsight, it was way too high. Um, but I actually think he'll be better this season with with talent around him. I, I and I'm hoping that they actually utilize him a bit better because. Again, as you sort of touched on earlier, the eye test is important. And watching Detroit play, they really need to be utilising him as a 
as a floor runner. Um, he's often he's the first big down the court. Um, and the guards were just not playing with their eyes up and not looking for him. So I think if they can actually utilize him on the break a bit more rather than getting set and then trying to let him work, um, because that's not his strength. He's undersized. And, and so he's not going to be able to work down low. Uh, he he did look to have improved his three-point shot during summer league. Um he hit. He had a, a few games, I think, there with multiple three pointers and, and looked reasonably confident taking them. Uh, so I actually like Stewart here, despite the fact that Detroit have have sort of improved their roster and and got some more talent around him. I think he could be a sort of almost close to a ten and ten guy um, with one point three blocks, maybe one point one threes. He doesn't kill you from the free throw line. He's not super efficient, but he's not terrible. Um, what what's your thinking there? I know you were talking about bolstering your rebounds, so that's obviously one of the main. Yeah, reasons. well, I see that Hartenstein went at, uh, at round eleven, pick ten, which is what threw me for a minute there because I, I I just thought that I was like typing in the names incorrectly and I couldn't find him, uh, flicking around too many screens. Um, so I did like that pick uh, with Hartenstein. I think um, you know Mitch Rob has a certainly a uh, a tendency to injure himself, Wade throws himself around the court. So, uh, and then Hartenstein could just outplay Mitch Rob, uh, regardless of the, the difference in the contract size. Uh, I think your question, sorry, uh, my, my, my head was, um, my, my train of thought was going in a different direction, uh, was around Isaiah Stewart. Yeah, look, last year I definitely, uh, early on, um, got into the hype a little bit with him. I actually... I was in a 30-team dynasty startup, and I took him with pick three. Uh, I took him with my pick three, um, and uh, I, I thought at the time that was really amazing value. I had, I think, pick 27 overall, so pick three would have been around uh, pick 87 or so. Thought that was really amazing value. I thought he was going to be the kind of the one of the cornerstones of my franchise. Uh, but he it didn't pan out that way. Um, I guess a valuable lesson there, Adam, is, you know, when there's like a lot of hype around a player one year, particularly a young guy, and then they don't actually perform in the season where they've been hyped up. I often find that the next season, there's like uh, a reverse reaction, like way too far back the other way. Um, you know, like where someone like Isaiah Stewart, everyone was really high on him going into last season. He didn't put out what we were hoping that he would. So then this season, he's like fallen way back down, um, you know, like the ranks. So I often find that when there was a hype player that didn't perform, um, if you're looking at them, you know, in the, in the year after that, you can often get really good value on them. Yeah, look, that that happens, and it would be interesting to do um, to to look at all the numbers and that sort of thing of of players' preseason ranks and where they end and, and those players and and another, I mean, obviously sometimes that's because of injury. So if you were to look at someone like a Michael Porter Jr., who was much the same last year, he was hyped, he was taken in the second round, and then obviously was didn't play. It was an injury that caused that. So that's a little bit different. But when you're referring to Stuart. He was healthy. He played. He just didn't 
do what we probably thought he was going to do based on and, and i think if you even extend that uh that thought process out the reason he was hyped last year was because of how well he played at the end of the year before when they still had mason plumley and at the end of the year they weren't competitive so they they basically just pulled plumley out of the lineup and and let stewart run free and do his thing and i think i mean this almost correlates to what i mentioned before with uh, defenses figuring teams out and or figuring players out and so i think when stewart was thrust into that role at the end of his rookie season uh he teams weren't ready for him they didn't know his game they didn't know what his strengths were that sort of thing so he had a month or two or three weeks or something where he he basically got what he wanted and he was able to dominate and then everyone went wow look if he's if he's given the starting role he's gonna he'll continue that he'll he'll sort of continue on that trajectory and obviously that wasn't the case because teams were then of that sort of thinking well now he's the starter we need to scout for him we need to figure out how to play him um which resulted in him not being able to do what he did uh, at the end of the year so there, there are correlations from one season to the next um but i think that's very true in that those players that do underperform significantly uh managers will be like well no this guy burned me i'm not drafting him and they'll they'll fall down the rankings um and I think where you got Stuart there uh, is, is really good. I think there's value um, to be found. Uh, a lot of picks have gone off the board as I talk too much. So we had after Matherin, uh, Jaden Ivey, uh, Bruce Brown, Pat Beverly, Jaron Jackson. Uh, so this is about where he's going. I think Mike Conley, uh, Brooke Lopez, Jaden McDaniels, Kelly Oubre, Russell Westbrook. Chris, you could have got Westbrook. He would help with rebounds. Chris Duarte, Darius Baisley, uh, DeAnthony Melton, Lou Dort, Alex Caruso, John Wall, Victor Oladipo. Um, yeah, any, any sort of thoughts on, on those guys there? Obviously, now we're in the, the 12th, 13th round, so people are, are shooting for upside a bit or, or just chasing some stats to try and um, increase their sort of their ranking or, or, or how competitive they are in certain areas but any any names there what are your thoughts on jaron jackson um going here um yeah love it um i i think um i think the thing about jaron jackson is i know memphis are really uh not the best in communicating about players um but if he comes back kind of more or less in the time frame that was indicated these draft onlys, like you need to fight the players to be firing post January. You know what I mean? Like if you drop, like, I mean, where are you going to take Jaron Jackson? Like round 10, round 11, in this case, round 12. Like if you, if you're round 12 player, let's say uh, Jaden McDaniels here was injured. It's not really the make or break of your team. But then if you get a dude coming back in to your squad, like post January, who's putting up top forty numbers? I mean, that 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 could be league winning, you know. Particularly if you're looking at blocks. Uh, what I have actually done though, when I've been taking Jaron Jackson Jr., is I've been pairing him with um, with uh, Brandon Clark. Um, 
Yeah, been pairing him with Brandon Clark uh, quite a lot because obviously when Brandon's going to give you really good numbers until Jaron gets back, uh, and then um, and then Jaron gets back, Brandon drops off a bit, but then Jaron picks up. So that's kind of like a way to, uh, I guess, hedge uh, hedge what you're doing there. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're up. I'll let I'll let you. Um do you think here and yeah look i agree in terms of jaron jackson and, and i mean it's handcuffing is often talked about and, and whether you should do it or whether you shouldn't do it and generally speaking i, I sort of think you, you shouldn't handcuff but in a situation like this I, I think when it's okay to handcuff a player is when the player that you're grabbing brandon clark in this instant as the, the handcuff so to speak um even when jackson comes back clark could could be a top 100 player. So it's not like you're drafting someone with a, say a sixth or a seventh round pick or, or even eighth round pick who after three months, when this other, I guess, more um, pronounced player comes back into the lineup, they're not going to completely just fall off the radar and do nothing. So I think if you are looking at handcuffing or um, you just want to make sure that, that that's not the case, that you're not going to lose that production completely because Although losing a, a seventh or eighth round guy is not the end of the world, it, it's still valuable. So um, just some, something to tuck away, I guess, if you are looking at handcuffing. Uh, after Oladipo, we had uh, Stephen Adams, uh, Seth Curry, Derek White, Cole Anthony, Precious Achua, Kevin Love, and you are on the clock. Yep, I am. I'm just... Uh soaking up all the time I can while I try and make the best decision possible. I've kind of worked myself into a not the best situation here, I have to say. Uh, wouldn't wouldn't put this wouldn't say this is my best draft. But since I'm punting field goal percentage, I don't really see anything wrong with taking um, Karis Levert here. I think um, I know the basketball monster analysts are really way down on him. Uh, I don't think that the, like, yeah, okay, Donovan's coming in. He's going to be in the front court with uh, Darius, right? Karras is the first guard off the bench. He can play some small forward. Uh, He's a bit bigger than, um, you know, than Donovan. I can see lineups where it's Darius, um, where it's Darius, uh, Donovan, and Karras altogether. Uh, I think he's going to get more run this year um, than uh, than popular analysis uh, suggests. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I think he's going to be better than that, and he he'll probably give me a little bit of a late boost to my points. Uh, he's probably going to uh, deflate my uh, free throw percentage. Uh, even further, which is um, is going to damage my. Uh, it's going to keep damaging my team. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I ended up doing. Um, if this was a real league, you know, of course, like I would I would happily take him at that spot, uh, knowing that I could just turf him out uh, if I if I needed to. But this is a draft only, and his stats are going to count all season. So. Um, yeah, I think I've shot myself pretty severely in the foot here. Uh, Isaiah Stewart is a massive negative in um, steals, which is dragging that category down for me. 
Uh, and then, yeah, like that's the other thing here. Um, when you're looking at these stats in Basketball Monster, uh, in particular, you're looking at a, uh, let's say, a Tari Eason, you're looking at an Isaiah Stewart, you know, they're based on uh, assumptions that the analysts are making about how much playing time and stuff they think they're going to get. So Tari Eason, for example, you know, it's 20 minutes that they're basing that off. But I, I mean, I could see Tari kind of climbing, you know, into the, you know, into the low to mid thirties uh, by the end of the season, in which case a lot of those, um, you know, those, those, uh, those counting stats um, that he's accumulating uh, are going to kind of increase by, you know, 50, 60%. Um, so I think you need to factor that in um, as you're, as you're kind of completing your draft, but yeah, looking at the draft board here, and I think we can share the draft tracker um, after the draft is done, Adam. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm not thrilled uh, with my team, although it's it could be worse. Um, yeah, so not thrilled with my team. Um, but yeah, there's certainly a couple of teams that have drafted exceedingly well, uh, in my view, that we can we can touch on soon. Yeah, look, it is, and this is the reason I didn't draft because <laughs> I just, it's hard to do. It's really hard to talk and draft at the same time. Um, if you're good at it, if it's a skill that that you do have and you're able to multitask and, and do it, you should encourage. If you're if you're in a home league or or, or a league with friends, encourage a, a live draft in person because you can distract them and get them easily off track, uh, keep your team on track, and then maybe they draft the wrong person. So, um, yeah, look, so after after Levert, um, Pokashevsky and uh, Jalen Duran went off the board, we're really, I mean, now we're into, what, the 14th round. So um, you're really just hunting for those, those players that could break out uh, at some point. Um, I can see from the top of on your screen there the players that are still available there's not a lot of upside there uh emmanuel quickly potentially has has a little bit of upside um but the rest are sort of guys that they may be way sort of come off waivers and, and be streamed in at points during the season um so chances are when you get to this point of the draft you're just going to be doing a lot of scrolling uh having a look at what players are, are floating around um Alvarado, he would be a good name um, here if you need steals. Uh, he'd probably only play 20 minutes a game, but he could get you 1.6 steals. Um, Where did my guy go? I uh, missed him coming off the board. Um, rookie for uh, no, last year, rookie from New Orleans. Uh, Trey Murphy. Yeah, someone take him. Uh, oh, that's right. I've, that's why. Okay. That's why all the players weren't coming. Oh, there out. he is. Yep, Trey yeah, Murphy. But... He's a really good target this time of draft as well. Um, he looked. Yeah, I, I think he gets. Again, the Pelicans have have, have got Zion there now, healthy and um, and a full season of CJ. But uh, yeah, I think Trey Murphy. Um, he was he was pretty good down the stretch last year, so he's he's well worth a look at this point in a draft. Um, sort of what what you're. What you can do here, because obviously you're looking at, once you get into these later rounds, you're looking at um, a big list of names and it's really going to be scattered as to who you who you want to target. So 
sort it by, I mean, if you need a position, sort it by position, but if not, sort it by team. So go into a team and just scroll through who's left because it's a lot easier to look at a, a shorter list. So have a have a look at a list of 10 players as opposed to 200 um, and just see who's available. And, and you'll see a name and go, oh, yeah, that guy, that guy, I remember him. Um, that's if, if obviously if you don't have the access to the draft tracker and, and the all the tools that you can use, which you've brought up uh, now, the projected standing. So it looks like you're sort of in the middle there. Yeah, well, I... Um... So it's exactly what I was talking about halfway through the draft, right? Where um, based on the players available in the first round, you're pretty much always going to have a couple of guys punting free throws. You're pretty much going to have a couple of guys punting probably field goal percentage. And then you've got to be aware of who that is in the draft, if they're going to have the same tactics as you and where they're positioned in the draft. And in this case, like Green Poe, who's a very strong drafter, he's obviously nailed this league. Um, he he was chasing the same style of players as I was, so you can see here. Uh, like I like to enable the roto standings, even though we're drafting head to head, just to see where I rank among the other players. You can see here that I'm strong in points, I'm strong in threes, I'm strong in boards, um, really good in uh, assists um, and in steals. Um, the free throw percentage is one of the spaces that has really let me down. So if I have a look over here, um, I'm, I'm actually getting slaughtered in uh, free throw percentage here by flux. Uh, but more importantly, like Danko uh, is killing me here. Um, and then, yeah, Issa uh, and Greenpo are the same. Um, so, yeah, that's where I kind of fell down. Whereas Greenpo, uh, he's... He's uh, absolutely nailed his free throws. He's punted the field goals and the blocks just like I did. He's managed to keep his um, turnover strong. But the thing that he went for, which I'm finding very interesting, was um, punting the rebounds as well. So he's done kind of more in tune with uh, what you would typically do, Adam, which is like the the multi-multi categorical punt, uh, yeah. which is smart. Um, so, yeah, when I look up at the board here, I don't feel like I'm really out of the conversation with these, like anyone in this top 11 here. Um, I'm really only kind of falling behind a little bit marginally in steals here and here. Uh, I'm not as far ahead in rebounds as I'd like to be uh, here, but I think it's quite possible um, that I could be, you know, uh, winning some of these matchups. You know, my, my Z scores one for steals, uh, these guys are, you know, quite a bit ahead of me. But then when we look over here, um, uh, what well, that's uh, that's totals. I'd much rather look at. Uh, I'd much rather look at per game. Uh, but yeah, th- like, what's the difference? Eight hundred and eleven steals versus eight hundred and forty-four. Right. Yep. So we're talking about thirty steals over eighty games when you got fourteen guys on your roster. Right. So you really just need each of these dudes to pick up an extra two steals over the course of the whole season. And then you're back in the mix there. So uh, I think this team that I've drafted, now that I'm looking at it uh, more closely, uh, will probably uh, end up finishing reasonably well. Uh, but Green Poe really does uh, have a strong team. It's built similar to mine. Uh, he's smashing me on points and threes, which are categories that I'm reasonably strong in. 
Um, so it's going to be difficult um, for me to overcome him. But I'm just going to have a quick look to give myself a bit of peace of mind as to who's on his team, if it's going to let me do that. Uh, who's he got here? KD, DeJounte, Darius Garland, Levine, Jalen Green. Yeah, I really like that that opening five there, uh, even though I don't think that's the right order. Uh, okay, so here we go. Haywood, shaky, 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 shaky. And then uh, Brook Lopez, I also think very shaky. Uh, I understand that these two guys were taken later in the draft, so um, I, I do I do get that or value for where they were taken. Um, and then, yeah, he's definitely kind of shored up his position with some, you know, like a, a Cadwell Pope. Not a, I don't really see a lot of upside for him. I think he's priced in at his best case scenario. He's getting older. Uh, I think I think he's got more downside than upside. Uh, same with Steve Adams. Uh, it was interesting. He must have been really far ahead in the free throw percentages to take Adams. Um, Finney Smith, pretty clean pick, I think. Uh, I think you took him last in one of the recent drafts that we did. Um, but, yeah, solid team. But, like, looking at this, I actually feel a little bit more comfortable that I would actually be in the mix against Green Poe here. Um I don't know that DeJounte finishes in the top 20. If I had to bet over under on that, I'd say under. Uh, Gordon Haywood, uh, if we're thinking totals at the end of the season, I don't think he's getting there. Um, Brooke, probably the same deal. He's a dinosaur by this stage. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Now that I'm looking at it, uh, I think not too bad. Yeah, look, and, and I mean, with these draft-only leagues, you, you can't make, roster moves and and so as you said you do want to look for for some of these guys that are projected to play more games you don't know um you don't know what injuries are going to come that sort of thing but um yeah it wouldn't like it wouldn't take much for as you said the guys on your team to to bump up this to get a someone might have a freak game and get six steals when they only average 0.9 you just never know what's going to happen so i think if you can be close enough in these kinds of leagues um there is more of an element of chance because there's no pickups. There's no sort of cruising the waiver wire and going, oh, look, I'm, I'm this week I need steals, so I'll go and pick up Alvarado for a week, that sort of thing. So there is a little bit more an element of luck um, in these in these leagues. So, yeah, I think close enough can be good enough sometimes. Um, yeah, look, I think that, that went pretty well. Um, I mean, we could do final thoughts, but we've been going for quite a while. We probably want to let those the people, the, the Europeans, uh, go back to bed. Is that right? Uh, yeah, actually, he didn't make it in. Uh, oh, I have not checked my DMs uh, to see whether he's upset or not. Uh, but, yeah, I was saving a spot for Panda, who had suggested that uh, he was really down. He was going to wake up at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning or something to, to join. I did hold the spot for him until like really the last second, uh, but yeah, yeah. what it is. Oh. You can't you can't please everyone. We, we, we might do another one. Um, I mean, we're obviously still what six weeks out from the season. Um, Mate, so I'll be surprised if we don't do another. One. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, yeah. I I think we probably will. Um, and and so maybe we could we'll look at maybe doing that in early morning our time or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll it's tough when there's so many um, members from all over the world. It's tough to, to cater for everyone, but 
uh, well, hey, we could do a slow draft. So we could do a, a, a video that goes for five days if we wanted to just do a slow draft. Yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, maybe what we could do is uh, we could maybe look at a slow draft after the fact. Um, yeah. Yeah. Run yep. through. I mean, the, the show would go a lot quicker. Um, yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, no, look, yeah. We've, we've got options, but we'll uh yeah so i mean look any any final thoughts before we before we head out yeah just um one thing to uh if anyone's still listening uh i did like i think when i was talking about this draft whilst we were doing it um i think you know some of what i was trying to communicate was like oh well what's the thinking process that i'm going through here uh, why am I taking this person here or why am I unhappy with that pick? Rather, like we've all got access to these ranks. We've all got access to, you know, like, you know, like a basketball monster if we want to or other sites. Uh, but what I find really fascinating uh, when other analysts are talking are like, well, what are the external factors beyond just what the statistics say that are influencing your decision, whether that be strategy, whether that be thoughts about, is this player a good basketball player versus just good statistically? Like it's that peripheral commentary that really uh, makes me uh, more interested in what an analyst has to say. So I'd be keen for feedback from the community as to whether you uh, also enjoy that type of commentary. Uh, what was it that you liked about uh, this uh, inaugural uh, episode one of the Clutch Time podcast? Was there anything that we could have improved? Um, so yeah, keen for the community's um, thoughts, either via DM or um, just in the general channel with a ping uh, in the Ask Our Analyst channel, just anywhere that we can see it. Um, you know, this is a work in progress. Uh, we want to make these videos and these live streams better and better um, for the community over time. So any feedback, any thoughts, no, nothing. Um, we're not going to get offended by anything. Um, yeah, so please, please let us know what you guys thought of uh, of our first uh, first episode of Clutch Time. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll echo those thoughts. Um, obviously, I'm I'm new newer to this community than than you, um, but seems like it's very driven by the community. So we really want to hear from people on on things we can be doing, ideas for shows. Um, the Clutch Time sh show won't be a draft every time, so it's not going to be a, an hour and. 40 minutes or whatever this has been um, of us drafting. So there, there obviously will be other uh, varying shows, but um, yeah, look, anything you, any thoughts you've got uh, would be great. Um, well, we'll, I'll let you go. You've probably got kids to attend to. Um, and I will. Yeah, it is time. It is time to, yep. uh, to make that move into the, into the main house. That is for sure. Yep. All right, well, well, that'll do it then for, for today's show. Um, so those that are still listening or tune in later, remember you can uh, check out all of our content, um, including access to the Discord uh, server over at www.fbi-basketball.com. Uh, follow this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and we'd love it if you could subscribe to the YouTube channel. We've got 100 and something subscribers now, I think, which is, which is good because we only had one when I did the first show. <laughs> earlier in the week um so and that's just to make sure you don't miss out on on any of the uh, upcoming content uh until next time we will catch you later